Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more Connected community. Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Hello, welcome to the Villa View Luke Live Lounge with myself, Dan Bardell, and as ever, Tom Julian with a snappy haircut joining me for the occasion as well. Tom, good haircut to be fair, looking a bit like Clark Kent. <laughs> I just need to rip off the glasses, burst through here, and uh, I'm ready to go. Get a six pack. Yeah, I would say I'm more Stephen Island than, than Clark Kent, you remember his Superman pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I ventured to the barbers yesterday, first time since moving to Germany. Found a, a very nice barbers. It was almost like a um, like a disco, like a club. They were okay. they were they were serving drinks. There was uh, a tattoo parlor going on. I felt very out of my depth. I almost I was going to say <laughs> it's, it's it's very un Tom Julian like that that place sounds. It sounds quite cool. It doesn't sound like the place for you. That was really cool. And so like it was it was one of the only ones that I found that spoke. Uh, that, that had an English website, so I was like, okay, this will this will be all right. But then I was expecting it to be super expensive, and like all the all the barbers had fancy long beards and like, oh yeah, slicked back hair and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble here. But I'll just pay whatever and then work out. Twenty three euros. Excellent, excellent. So, good ha- good haircut chat. It went <laughs> on for a lot longer than I thought it would. That <laughs> I thought um, I thought I had to justify it, but yeah, welcome to to the Luke Live Lounge in association with Luke Roper, um, Dan. Good to be chatting with you. Not so good to be chatting about Villa. Perhaps that's why we spent so long on hair. Um, but this is this is an opportunity for the guys watching to to get your thoughts in. Um, we'll answer some questions. We'll go through all things Villa because there's quite a lot of news um, off the pitch, and and we'll obviously touch on everything going on. Uh, on the pitch as well, Dan. Have you got over the the Wolves result yet? Uh, 
I mean, over the years, you obviously get used to being disappointed by, by the football club. That's been quite a, a long-running relationship in my life, and I've become used to disappointment. But I think just it's more, not so much the Wolves game. It's when you merge all the four games into one. I think that's where the disappointment is coming from for most people. Because if you just said that we weren't going to win any of the first four games, I think alarm bells would have rang before the football's come back and alarm bells are ringing and the next couple of games look, look pretty tough. I'm going to watch Man U with, with interest later. We've got, we've got them coming up and obviously a trip to Anfield on Sunday is very, very concerning, even though they've won the league. So, yeah, it's just the four rolled into one, I think, but that I'm disappointed with. But at some point, hopefully we, we have to win and something has, something has to change because it's going to get pretty repetitive coming on here talking otherwise. Yeah, it is, and I mean, has has the confidence in your in your own heart lifted at all? Uh, I had a brief perk up on Sunday. I think it was very very short lived. I hate coming on these things and being negative. There is nothing I dislike more than coming on a podcast or coming on a on a video like this and just talking negatively about my football club. It's not what I've been about for three four years, and it's not what I want to be about. But you can only talk about. What you what you're seeing, and as I said on um, on Sunday, I think the whole football situation with with not being there, the games all feel a bit flat. I found, I found the other games equally as boring as our games, but obviously our games are different because I want us to win, and there's there's something riding on it for me personally. But I'm just a bit out of love with with football in general at the moment, and Villa's performances aren't helping. No, no, absolutely not. Um, seeing the comments coming in, Luke Reed is with us. All right, lads. Um, and uh, Chris Coleman, Matty Morale says, uh, nice trim. So, you know, people people are noticing the change. Uh, Josh... I mean, we did, we did speak about it for 10 minutes, so that couldn't help notice it, could that? It's true, it's true. Josh says, didn't get to ask last week, Villa have released. Thoughts on this? I think there's a key word missing there. Maybe we can catch up with that some, yeah. some, sometime later. But make sure you get your questions in your comments and we'll be going through them all. Um, as ever, on the Luke Live Lounge, we've also got um, a, a part of the Dapper Villain range from, from Luke Roper. So we'll, we'll give that away a little bit later on. But Dan, my thoughts first off are on the pitch and what, what we're doing on the pitch and how we can how we can get out of this kind of slump, if you, if you like. And one of the players that a lot of us thought about um, earlier on in in, uh, in the season, the guy that would, that would come back and hopefully resurrect our, our kind of bid to stay up was John McGinn. Now, he obviously had a long, long time out. Um, and I, I guess it's not so surprising that he was a little bit slow off the mark, as, were, as was everyone else. He was left out uh, of the starting lineup against Wolves. Do you think that's just so that he's ready and fit for the Liverpool game? Because now we've got a week's break. It seems like a strange time to, for him to have taken a break, do you know? Yeah, the trouble is the only way he's going to get fit is by playing playing 90 minutes. That's the only way you're going to get John McGinn fit. Again, I think we can all probably agree that he hasn't had the impact that, we, that we'd hoped. I think it's a massive ask to ask him to come in straight, straight away and hit the ground running. I don't think that was ever going to happen, but we just hoped that because he's quite a naturally fit player in the, the way he plays the game, that he might come back full tilt. But actually, when you think about how he plays the game, again, it's very difficult for, for someone to just come back and play the way he does and, and be at it straight away and be full tilt because he's he's so unique. But it's annoying because the winnable games, the more winnable games have gone, so you kind of feel like you needed him at his best there. The next two, 
I can't see us getting anything anyway. So you may as well now give him give him nine minutes and just just get the fitness up because in reality, has he been any worse than than anyone else in the Villa shirt? With maybe the exception of of Louise, probably not. Mm. And. Uh, this is kind of my point. You know, you have three games in seven or eight days or so, and then you've got a seven-day break. So maybe it would have made more sense for for McGinn to play, rest, play, and then he's got this rest anyway, and, and hopefully that gives him enough time time to get in. You know, it just seems like a bit of a an odd one, in, in my opinion, on reflection. Maybe they thought on um, on Saturday that he might be come on as an, as an impact sub and completely change the game for us. I mean, you can see the game plan in, in every game for Villa is, is to keep it tight. I can't remember if he came on at 1-0 or 0-0. Or nil, nil. I got a feeling we, we were losing at the, at the point he'd he'd come on. So I think maybe having him fresh coming on, I think maybe they tried to use him as an impact sub, but it, did, it didn't work. And, and like everything we try at the moment, nothing really seems to be sticking or, or working and we've, we've got serious work to do all over the pitch. Yeah, Rich Pierce says Super John McGinn. Matty Morale says uh, um, McGinn needs his energy, otherwise he's not the same player. That's what he bases his game on. To me, he was he was really the the kind of what I was praying for a kickstart. You know, even before coronavirus ruined the season a little bit. Um, you know, I, I felt like we had a couple of rolls of the dice left. The the League Cup to be a, a kicker. Uh, which didn't happen, and then uh, John McGinn's return to to be that secondary boost, and we just haven't seen either of those happen yet. If you based on based on the games that we've already seen and um, the the impact perform or the performances, I should say, maybe not impact, but the from the performances that we've seen, who are you looking at that could potentially be a game changer still and and help us nick a result? I mean, it's completely up in the air to be to be honest, Tom. It literally could be anyone mm. at, at, at the moment. We we need to get Jack more involved. He's the he's the talisman. He's the he's the game changer. But he's not. He's on the periphery mm. at the moment. I think some of the comments I've seen about him are atrocious. Really, really, really harsh. I think he's getting a, a lot of stick, and I really think that's that's unfair. He's carried us for the majority of the season. The way we're playing at the moment just simply doesn't suit Jack Grealish and it's very difficult for him to get involved in the games. He isn't going to pick up the ball on the edge of his penalty area and run the whole length of the pitch and score or get an assist. It's just not going to happen and the way we're playing at the moment isn't set up to benefit Jack Grealish. So I, th- I think that needs, needs to change. But from what I hear within the club, everyone seems quite unnerved and unmoved and he's talking like everyone is together, resolute, believes... That, that we're going to stay up, but at times it's it's not replicated on on the pitch on on Sunday of Saturday. Sorry, it's a derby game. I don't remember anyone putting in a putting in a big tackle, and part of that is to do with with the crowd not being ferocious and and not being there. But you know what I mean. You, yeah. It's not a massive derby, but it's it's a grudge match. It's it's a rival, and I don't remember seeing anyone put putting a tackle really from from either side. But Wolves at the moment, they've got that quality that can go and win a game. And from what we've shown in the first four, we don't look like we've got that quality at the moment. We're absolutely crying out for a goal scorer. A game changer would be to have to have a goal scorer, but we just haven't got one at the football club, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mark, uh, Mike Pearson from uh, from Texas, who we had on um, in our last po- post-match pint, he put out a tweet today reckoning that, that we could still pick up nine points. Um, Arsenal, Crystal Palace and West Ham being the ones that he was looking at. Um, 
I mean, I, I sent him a message saying I think that's miraculous, to be honest. And and if we were to get six or seven, particularly against West Ham, you look at, um, you know, if you can take points off West Ham, that really is the is the is the magic one. It's just so that it's the last day of the season. Um, how how does how does that sit for you? Nine points, it's very ambitious. I mean, he's obviously having a lovely time in Texas. Isn't he, isn't he, Mike? It must be a very positive place, Texas, because he, he comes on and he's full of optimism. I get his point that there are some games that you look at and think, OK, we we can win that. But just with the landscape of things at the moment, until we do win a game, you look at them all and just think, well, we ain't going to get anything there. And that's just just the reality. The next two are, are killer. We could have done without Liverpool and Man U in a row. Man U have still got something to play for. Liverpool are the best side on the planet, really, at the moment. Man, Man U look good whenever, whenever I watch them as well. They suddenly look like they've, they've sorted themselves out. Whereas if we'd have played them earlier on in the season at Villa Park, they were having they went through some bad times, didn't they? But they, they look like they've, they've got it together now. that They've got a bond and, and got a belief and they know what, what they're doing. Every game... Is hard, but there there are games that, that we can win. There, you look at Arsenal, you, you look at Palace at home. They're, they're they're two home games that you think, come on, if ever we're going to get get some points, it, it it's going to be them. But because Arsenal can be can be a mess. Palace obviously lost to, to Burnley last night, but the two at the end that could be key. To be honest, I'm looking at them fixtures up on the screen now. Mm. Arsenal at Arsenal at home, West West Ham away. They're two where you could see us get points. We get these next two out of the way. I'll probably feel a little bit better because I do look at all four of those games, in fact, and think maybe we can get something. But if we if we lose the next two, depending on what other teams do, it, it could be really out of our hands. And at the moment, you still kind of feel like it is in our hands a, a little bit, but that can all change very quickly with a couple of defeats. But we're lucky that it's still in our hands now, to be honest. Yeah, I 100% agree. I kind of forget about the Everton game because you look at yeah. Palace and you look at Everton who are both kind of safe and, and potentially on the beach um, when it when it comes to us. Arsenal will, will probably be in a similar place uh, in, in that respect as well. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the Mike Pearson Don't do it. Here. Uh, Don't do it, Tom. I swear, every time we, we do something like this and I see the fans messaging on here and, and we get to chat about it, I, I do, that does rise in me and... Uh, it's, it's then, not, the game, then the game happens. Yeah, it's definitely not coming up here. It's definitely in there. Uh, I see Mark Jerome says, ha, 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 nine points. I'm messaging him now, the positive Pete. Um, <laughs> ben, ben Reed, never seen such a poor bottom half in the Prem. No one wants to stay up, which again is true. Like you, you said earlier, the fact that we're still in it is a bit of a, is a, bit of a marvel, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, Ultimately, it still comes down to Villa. You know, at some point we need to we need to pull out the performance um, because we can't keep relying. You know, if, if we don't get any points, we'll, we'll go down. Um, yeah. And so, so we we absolutely need to need to grab the ball by the horns. Richard Sutherland says, any points predictions at all over the next two games? So Liverpool, Manchester United. Do you see us getting anything? Just because I don't want to come on and say zero. I'll, yeah. say draw, I'll say a draw against Mania, right. but that is more in hope than expectation. The annoying thing is, is that I don't even think it's a massively strong Premier League this year. The fact that we're still 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 involved in the relegation scrap and have got a chance of getting out of it tells you that, it, that it's not a strong Premier League. But you know what I mean? Burnley are sitting in eighth and you watch them and you think, yes, Sean Dyche is a good manager. They've got a plan. They know what they're doing. But the reality is they're not a great side either. But they are eighth in the Premier League. I'd absolutely go wild for a chance of being eighth in the Premier League nowadays, but we're just we're just so 
I don't know, we just haven't got it right all season. We haven't found a balance all season. We're, we're either one way or, or the other in terms of too defensive or too attacking. We don't seem to have found that neutral ground at the moment. And that's what we're going to have to find if we're going we're gonna to get out of it. But time's running out. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, King81 says optimism is close to delusional. I, I mean, absolutely no no arguments there from me. Um, and then Uncle Ken, is uh, he disagrees a little bit with me. This is the Premier League. No one should be on the beach before the season is over. We can't rely on other teams not turning up. I totally agree with that. But I, I don't think there's any doubt that you see teams who are kind of 12th to, or 10th to kind of 14th, you know, it, they're already looking at their summer holidays, particularly this year, I think, which has been such a weird year and they'll have such a short time off. But I, 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 I think it's normal psychology that they would do it. I'm not saying that you yeah. should do it, but I think they will. No, I think Everton and Arsenal, I think it's it's valid because they're two teams that have changed manager part of the way through the season and got Ancelotti and Arteta in. And there'll be players that are playing in their first 11s at the moment that will know they're probably not going to be there next season are they going to want to risk getting hurt and, and ruin that move do, do you know what I mean because there's going to be rebuilds at both those clubs mm. so there is there is going to be players playing whose hearts probably not in it who know that they're not not going to be there much longer and I mean this is grasping at straws don't <laughs> get me wrong get me wrong give me the give me the closest cup of straws because I am absolutely grasping it but do you, do you get what I'm saying yeah, that, that that those games become a little bit more winnable because because of that so I get the saying on on the beach some people don't like it but there are factors play that I think will, will make those games a little bit easier for us but it's whether we can take advantage of it Yeah, totally, and I mean I've, I've again, this is all speculation but I've also heard that Liverpool are going to field players to try and make sure they get enough games in to, to get a winner's medal, that kind of thing you know, again, you the, pass me the cup of straws now because that's, that, that's what we're looking at here, um, and you know, you've got to look at every advantage, but I totally agree with the comments that, that are coming in. It, it starts with your own team. It starts in your own changing room. Villa have to be up for it. They have to be ready for the best possible Liverpool, the best possible Manchester United. Problem is, we just haven't seen that yet. So, I mean, in reality, even a, a second string Liverpool, I'm not including them playing the kids because obviously we've beat them. But, you know, I mean, a second string Liverpool is still pretty strong. Players yeah. like... Origi, Lalana, who the players that will need to play to get to get their games up, they walk into the Aston Villa team. So, a couple of changes, two three changes for Liverpool, it doesn't make the game any easier, in my opinion. Because again, yeah. it's player; those players have got something to prove because they want they'll want to stay at Liverpool and be at Liverpool long term, and that, that that they've got things to prove. So it's it's difficult. The Liverpool game, I am writing that off. That is. It's just, it's. I'd rather just not. What I might not even watch it because I just, because I just think it, it, we aren't going to lose and it's going to annoy me. Sorry, we aren't going to win and it's going to annoy me. Um, I will that, watch it, obviously. That will make the post-match pints a bit tough if you if you don't yeah. even bother watching it. Um, I'll make it a bit more bearable for me. That's true. Uh, we should mention this one. Tom plays. If we get a point in our next two games, I will run naked through my town. I think. Um, we need to take a screenshot of that and, and hold Tom Plays to account on that. Yeah, um, be careful where you're taking a screenshot of. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Very true too. Um, Hip to the game has just reminded me of something that I saw this week. He says, sorry, lads, just tuned in. What are your thoughts on Collymore saying we should bring in a top manager at this stage? Now, before we answer that question, um, Stan Collymore unblocked me this week. I don't know if he oh, just really? had a had a massive clear out of people that he was blocking, whether he's feeling, feeling charitable or not, but he's he's unblocked me. I don't know if anybody else in the comments has experienced this. I imagine many there's of you lot, will have. There's a lot blocked by him. Exactly. So if anyone else has experienced this this um, 
this enjoyment, then then please let us know. Honestly, I'm thinking about blocking him, though, because some of his opinions are absolute trash. Why did you get blocked by him? Well, probably because you think his opinions are trash. Did you tell him that? Yeah, I did at one point. He It really annoyed me when we were close to going bankrupt and he was talking about how the fans should uh, rise up and, and buy the club and if we all put a tenner in, then, then we'd buy the club and it'll all be fine. And, like, I was in a really frustrated place anyway with Villa and his ideas were just loony. Uh, and so oh. I kind of tweeted him back a couple of times and just said how deluded he was and all this kind of stuff um and he blocked me so i mean fair enough i'd I do this what did he actually say but i'll be honest i actually quite like him but is he saying we should bring a top manager in now or is he saying in the summer what's, I, I, what's the context there hip to the game correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't i haven't seen the story either but from hip to the game's point it sounds like we now need to bring in a new manager if it's a top man, I mean, you're not you're not going to get anyone good in now. I don't want Dan Smith to get to get the sack personally. Anyway, I think he's been dealt a really bad hand this season, and still, I have a lot of goodwill from what he's done since he's been been at the club. But you're not going to get anyone of any substance in at this point. I mean, some of the stuff you say on social media, get rid of Smith now and get in Pochettino. You're absolutely joking, mate. I mean, as if people think that that's actually going to happen. It's not going to happen. That Stuff like that doesn't happen with six games left in the season for a team that's, that's staring into the abyss. You've got to be realistic. I I'm not convinced anyone could come in now and and, and do a better job and save us. They're, the board are behind Dean Smith. They're, they like what he's implemented in, in this time off. Fair enough, what we've seen hasn't been an implementation of, of anything that's gone well, but that that's what, what we hear. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't get rid of him. Uh, for me, if we do go down, he, he's well-placed to, to get us back up. He's proved he's got a promotion on his CV. If you go down, you're just going to end up trying to get in someone with a similar record and reputation to, to Dean Smith. If we do stay up, will they review it in the summer? I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really not sure. I think I think Dean's probably found this season a lot harder than he thought he, he would do. I think the whole club has probably found this season a lot harder than they thought they would do. When you look back in some of the quotes in the summer from Perslow, it's just a world away from what has actually materialised. If you go back and look at what he said, and I think it's probably quite telling that we haven't heard from him much in in, in the current time, but we'll just have to see what happens. But getting a getting a new manager now for me is a no-no, and it, it won't happen anyway. And as for getting a top manager in, that's definitely not happening. I think that's quite a common thing that you wouldn't hear from a CEO or something right now. I don't think that's it. That's a surprise. I think everybody kind of struggling, unless you've got like a loud owner like uh, like West Ham do, um, then then you're you're probably not going to hear much from 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 anybody. Um, it's, but, it's quite quite vocal, Burslow in general. What, but what I mean, yeah, but what I mean is in this situation, I think generally communications lock up quite a lot, and they 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 don't do too much, and they just wait. Hopefully, no, not hope really that the results ride out at this stage. Um, what, what I really like about this show, Dan, is that we get completely different views here and, and talking about relegation and whether we should get a new manager in. You, you've got four four completely different points here where it's like, Charlie Cox, uh, do you think we stay we stay up? Because honestly, I do. Uh, Daniel Hughes, uh, I love Smith, I really do, but he has to go if we want to stay up this season. Danielle Harper, too late, no manager will get us out of, uh, it will get us enough points this season. And Mark Jarobi, uh, who's coming to Villa right now like you say the top manager and he says someone like Simon Grayson is that the best that you can get at this stage you know what I mean that's that's his kind of point um so people look at Allardyce don't they but he ain't going to come in and get a relegation on his CV with six games left there's if they were gonna if they were gonna change it there's been two or three 
not ideal opportunities, but you know what I mean? There's been two or three better places to do it than it would be to do, to do it now. It's, it's not going to happen. It's going to be Smith till the end of the season. We've got to get behind him. I'm behind him in any way. As I say, I really think his hands have been tied and I think he's been badly let down in, in a lot of respects. So, We've got to just, as much as I'm being negative, we, we have to we have to get behind them and we have to just, just hope now that we can just finish at 17th and just get this season over and done with because it does feel like it's gone on forever now. Yeah, yeah. You are watching the Luke Live Lounge. Thank you so much for joining us. I think we're live on, on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, sponsored uh, by Luke1977.com. Make sure, uh, if, you're, if you're buying any Luke Roper gear, you use the, the Villa View uh, discount code. So, Villa... Uh, what is it? TVV20 uh, will get you 20% off uh, almost all items. There it is down in the bottom there. Uh, gets you 20% off almost everything. The only thing that's not included is the um, is the Dapper Villain range. And that's because 30% of proceeds uh, already go to the Birmingham University Hospital's uh, charity. So uh, well worth um buying some of that stuff and doing, doing good for yeah. charities as well. Um, I saw a comment from Adam Wright quite uh, quite a while ago, Dan, one of the last things, one of the last positions really that um, I think is, is up for grabs is the goalkeeper. What do you think about Newland's performances uh, since the restart? And do you think there's any chance that we see Rayner or indeed Steer before the end of the season? Uh, I don't think you'll see Jed Steer again this, this season. It's, it's been too long for him w- without playing time. Now, I, I think if they were going to get him involved, they, they probably would have done it. By now, but then you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know whether there is clo- closed behind closed doors games at Body More Heath for players that are on the fr- on the fringes. Really difficult for me to say. Mm. That I was obviously very vocal the first time we did this that I was I wanted to see Neyland given a chance. He'd be he'd be my pick. Unfortunately, he has regressed a little bit back to the goalkeeper of of last season rather than the one that we've seen in the cup run, which is disappointing. I mean. I don't know, somewhere the pressure seems to have got to him a little bit. You, you kind of feel that, that mistake against Sheffield United, even though it went unpunished. It, it's given him the jitters a little bit because he was one of those ones that I thought might benefit from no crowd a little bit. It now wouldn't surprise me to see Rayner come in uh, at Anfield on, on Sunday. It wouldn't surprise me to see him lining up between the sticks. But then you forget the two games before the Bray. Rayner was having a nightmare as, as well. So... Unless he's he's got that out of his system as well, he wasn't looking too uh, too clever between the sticks either. We just said we just had a nightmare with goalkeepers in general this season. Just but we've used four, is it that, that we've used this season? It was five the season before. We just never seem to have a consistent number one no. at, the, uh, at the club. I mean, it's unfortunate Heaton got got injured. Obviously, he's a massive part of the, the dressing room. He's, he's a big leader at the club. That's why he was brought in to do in the summer. And from that respect, I suppose Ryan is the, the natural replacement. Is maybe just give us. A bit of experience, but in all honesty, my predictions in the first show, I've got no idea who's going to go. Uh, Chris Coleman says, Pepe back in, please. Old Newland has come back. Um, and, and, you know, I, as you said, I, th- I think that's true. And it, it is weird because he was a, he, he did struggle a little bit in his first season with the pressure of the whole end and, um, and, and just couldn't quite get his confidence there. What are you giggling at? I'm just thinking, the trouble is with us as Villa fans and and football fans in general, the more someone doesn't play, the better they become in your mind. So everyone's everyone's now saying, oh yeah, we need to get Rainer back in. But before we we kicked off again, everyone was saying, oh no, it better not be Rainer, it it, it better be Neyland, everyone wanted Neyland. It's just mad, isn't it? Probably after Sunday, everyone will be saying, I want Jed Jed steering goal. It just just changes, doesn't it? 
Yeah, Anthony Harper says Rayner's mistakes were nothing on Nealand's. Um, he's been absolutely terrible. Craig Ashington, if only Sam Craig Johnson. Johnson. You think Nealand's really? I, I just well, it, the, the simple difference is when Rayner made two mistakes, we got we got punished. Nealand's mistakes have, have gone unpunished so far. So from that point of view, they're not catastrophic, are they? Like Rayner's were. Well, yeah, but that doesn't really justify the ends. Don't justify the means there, do they? No. No, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You can't say they're they're worse mistakes because they, they haven't been punished. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I get your point, but that doesn't mean that that Nealand is still a better goalkeeper necessarily. He's still making those same errors. It's just uh, Jota slams it over the bar, and um, and Nealand's get, getting lucky oh, I know. essentially. I know. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Craig Ashington says, if only Sam Johnson had uh, had held on for a couple more weeks. Do you think the season would be different if 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 we'd kept hold of Sam Johnston? Do you think we'd be in a different place right now? Nope. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, I like Sam Johnston, but you can't say he's a better goalkeeper than than Tom Heaton, who was our goalkeeper for the for the first half of the season. That's Johnston would have loved to have stayed stayed at Aston Villa. He, he loved it there, but I understand why he went to West Brom because he needed a move at the time, and Villa couldn't pay the electricity bill, so. You can't blame me for not for not holding on, really, can you at all? He was he was a good keeper for us that that season in the Championship, Johnston. But I don't think he's better than some of the keepers we've got at the club now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just saw a really interesting comment, but because so many people are getting involved in the chat, I've lost it, uh, which is which is annoying. Maybe it'll come back round again. Um, one thing that we didn't get to um, that we said at the top of the show, the lad uh, who was it, Josh, that missed out a key word. Uh, he was talking about Callum O'Hare and, and the other guys that are, are no longer going to be Villa players uh, come next season. We didn't talk about it last week, I don't think, Dan. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of promising young players come through the, the youth ranks at Villa Park and, and especially in the last few seasons, not really get their chance in the first team. Do you think, do, do we still trust in the in the coaching staff or all age groups that they're not good enough, and that's for, that's why we're not seeing them uh, progress into into the, our top championship sides and our and our Premier League sides. Or, or are we missing a trick here? Do you think? I think obviously the comments from Perslow earlier on in the season that if you're nineteen, twenty, and you haven't played for the for the for the first team, then you're not going to make it. We want our under twenty threes to be to be full of full of youngsters, full of younger players. So, I think that's just the avenue the club are going down. At the moment, the club don't seem concerned by these these players leaving. Even if we were to be in the championship next season, it doesn't seem like they're concerned with the likes of Callum O'Hare. Villa have let. I mean, it's different. Per, it's different personnel in the in the staff now. So it's I'm criticising the way Villa have treated youth players, but you have got to remember it's completely different people that would have been at, been at the club at the time. But do, do you know what I mean? Callum O'Hare, the season we we nearly went up. He was kept around the place, didn't go on loan, looked looked quite promising. Didn't really ever even get on the bench. It's just a complete waste of a year for, for the kid. And it's been that way with, with youth players for, for as long as I remember. A couple of the players that we've deemed not good enough have ended up at, at Leicester. You look at Mitch Clark and Johansson, the goalkeeper, they're on Leicester's books now. So they've got something about them. And I think Sarkic will end up going to a, to a Premier League team as well. I think Villa have offered him a deal, but I think he'll end up going to, to another team because he's just frustrated with the way he's been treated over the years by Villa. And again... Mainly that comes down to, to previous re- regimes because Steve Bruce kept people around the place in case of emergency. And I think you got to look at the loan rules as well in the cha- in the championship. That they're not great. They haven't helped the situation. But there's a lot of players over the years that have gone on and, and done okay. That maybe could have done for a job for Villa when we were in the championship. That we've ended up 
let letting go. But I do I do kind of get it. The more I think about it, I do get why we've we've let these players go. But it's it's encouraging today to see a load of players sign professional terms. I'm not going to pretend that I know loads about them because because I don't. But it, it's a good thing to to see them on board. And hopefully those 17, 18 year olds they'll fill up fill up the under 23s and they'll be the ones that, that get a chance. There they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, as if by magic. Um, yeah. So, seven seven of our youngsters have now been signed on on professional deals. So, congratulations to all of those guys. What what amazing feeling that must be um, to to sign sign your first deal. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we see them for the for the under twenty threes and and hopefully for the first team at some point. Um, and uh, and they they will continue to grow and become become like the next Jack Grealish essentially you know that's that's what we're all looking for we're, we're looking for hometown heroes to really get behind I mean we, we want to get behind the whole team but it's it's nice when you can when you can see players that have come through and um, I mean we've seen it a lot in the women's team I know they're they're two different things uh, but but uh, you, you know you, you you can you can track some of the some of the women's progress from being under 10s, under 12s in this system, and now being uh, playing for for the first team, and hopefully we can see that uh, replicated in in the yeah. men's. And I, I felt I felt a couple of years ago that we were quite close to that. It felt like there was a lot of optimism about that that wave of young talent coming through, and it felt like every preseason we talked about this will be the season for X, this will be the season for Y, and it just just hasn't happened. I've got to I've got to take my time on this. Flobadobarubadub. Uh, disappointed O'Hare hasn't been offered a new deal his main asset is his tireless work rate which I feel can be utilised at any level of the league maybe they're looking at Jacob Ramsey who's three four years younger he's doing been doing well on loan I think it was Doncaster he's, he's done well in the brief time he was there maybe they're just thinking well that's Callum O'Hare 22 blocking the pathway for Jacob Ramsey who we think is going to be a better player so in some ways I think you can justify it but I think what you were saying before about you know you want the homegrown players to come through Andre Green's been on the periphery you could maybe class him as having broken through but I wouldn't say he's fully knocked down the doors as a first team player over these but since Jack there has been no one and that's not good and before that it was probably Gabby do you know what I mean? There hasn't been enough players making their way into the first team from the Villa Academy, and that is disappointing because I think it's something the Villa have prided themselves on yeah. over the year. You talk about being a, being a family club and, th- and things like that. I, I want to see young talent coming through that academy and making their way into the first team, but you've got to look at over the years as well. We've, we've been a bit of a mess at times, so it hasn't been a good place for players to grow up, and I think we're hoping now that it, it is going to be a good place for players to, to grow up, even though it feels like we're in a bit of a mess as well at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about one one other big off-the-field um, issue, is not the right word, kind of uh, announcement, I guess, that the Villa have, for the first time in a fair few years, gone with a new sponsor that isn't a betting firm, Kazoo, um, one of the fastest-growing um, uh, British-based businesses in, in recent years. It's a, a car sharing app a car pooling app kind of thing um and they go search drive smile um nice and and for me i i think the the initial reaction from this immediate twitter social media culture that that we live in at the moment is not to do any research about what it is but just go what is that i've never heard of them i saw a good tweet from from adam jilks who said um, that's the reason. That's the reason people do branding and sponsorship, so that more people can hear about them. So, um, 
you know, to me, I was most excited to see that they hadn't gone with a betting sponsor, that the, the kids will be able to have kazoo on their on their shirts and and um, it'll be more similar. What are your thoughts on having a young, British, exciting and, and very successful startup um, as, as the Villa sponsor? I'd rather have a young, exciting first tune, <laughs> to be honest. But on the list of things I care about, this is probably somewhere near, near the bottom. I think it's good that we've gone away from the norm and that we haven't got a gambling company on the, on the front of the show because pretty much for the last decade that that's all we've had really isn't it but they seem to be the ones that that pay the money i've seen a few people saying it's tin pot and small time or whatever realistically you you don't know that and at the end of the day everton have taken them on as well you know they're a top eight premier league side they've, they've got the same shirt sponsor as us so they must have something about them i don't know the financials of the deal no one knows the finances that, that are involved at all so i think as i say on the list of things that i'm particularly bothered about at the moment it isn't higher, but I think again it's the social media culture of uh, let's try and see if I can react badly to this and see if see if my tweet bangs yeah, gets a, it, gets, a, gets a few likes. It's just boring, isn't it? I, to to say anybody that's sponsoring two Premier League clubs is is Tim Pot and, yeah. and Small Time just seems absolutely delusional. We talked about delusion twice, and this this yeah. really is it. You know, um, if we if we were announced as the Villa sponsors, that's Tim Pot. That is very small time. You know, a, a multi-million pound company. You know, I, I take that. I, if, if they offered if offered me ownership of Kazoo, I'd probably take that small time deal. I mean, I'm imagining they weren't the only people that wanted to sponsor the shirt, so we must have done okay out of it for, for, from that point of view. I mean, the one thing I do care about is that it's on the front of a Premier League shirt next season rather than a than a championship side, but it just realistically, I don't really care. And over the years, the only sponsor I can think of that heavily got the fans involved was Unibet. I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of, of that kind of thing, if, if I'm being honest. Because I think that they were really good with, with that when they were on the front of the shirt for a year. So it'd be good to have a, a company that want to lean on the fans and get the fans involved. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds sounds good to me. Um, let's have a quick look at the, at the table, because I don't think we've done that yet, if we can get that up producer adam um and i mean we looked at it at the weekend and it, it didn't make for pretty reading the good thing is it hasn't changed too much um but but obviously bournemouth and west ham still have a game to play around us um i, I just I, I still look at it and i still feel like there's some optimism to be had and i, I know it's the mike pearson effect but um but i i, I don't i i, I just can't get out of my head that there's a chance we can we can nick a result probably not on Sunday but but in the in the next in the next few games there there needs to be a lift I think I think what it is is the further I get away from actually watching the games is is where my optimism goes up and then it dives right back down when once the first minute kicks off I mean, you look at it; it isn't impossible, is it? It's actually, if you look at it, you you have a decent chance on the on the surface. It's just that they've given us nothing in the first four games to really get excited about, or to give us a reason to believe. But there's every chance we do a show at the end of the season, and we're and, and we're and we're staying up, and we're talking about staying up. But we we have to do something imminently because the games will run out. The other teams aren't going to all just keep losing. We need to win a game. If you had to predict the three that go down right now, who would you go for? Uh, Norwich, Bournemouth and Watford. 
Ah, really? You've changed your mind on Watford because I think earlier in the season you were you were like when they when they brought in the new man, they were you you kind of thought that they were playing below themselves and the new manager would would sort them out. They looked quite erratic on from what I saw in the game on on Sunday. Southampton did them three one, mm. didn't they? As Danny Ings is doing more than anyone to keep Aston Villa in the Premier League. Yeah, at the moment, Danny Ings wants it, so we just just need our players to, to <laughs> want it as well. We we, we need we need well, what I'd do for Danny Ings. Up front, by the way, just absolutely on fire, playing on top of his game at the moment. And that is the big thing that we don't have. We do not have a goal scorer at the football club. No, no, you can't can't find one for love nor money. Danny Ings is crazy, isn't he? And, and Southampton generally, you know, this season has been absolutely mad for them, having been tonked 9-0. Was it 9-0? And, uh, and then... 9-1. And then I thought, I feel like my, my mum and my sister were at that game. And I feel really? like... Yeah, yeah. They, um, you lose like that, and then they went on a mad winning run after that, and, yeah. and sorted themselves out. And now Hassan uh, Hassel Hassan Hottle has got himself a new a new deal. Um, they've the ownership, I think, has slightly changed there, but they they seem to be a really stable club. Pete Powell took six points off Villa, um, you know, and and totally deserved it. Villa hasn't, yeah. It's true. Most most teams have. Um, but yeah, just a, an amazing job done by Southampton. I, I pegged them for for relegation. I didn't see that. Didn't see that coming at all. So yeah. fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. When you're losing a game nine, you think uh, alarm bells. They're in they're in massive trouble there. But they've completely turned it around. And fair play to them. They've got quite quite a settled team. Everyone knows their job there. They've they've done much. Galvey. He's, he's a good manager. He turned them around last season when when he came in. Considering they got off to a horror start, he's done well to, to get them up and away from danger. Yeah. I just realised what, what the question was that I had seen and wanted to say about 15 minutes ago. So it's not completely relevant right now, but I, I'm going to chuck it in anyway. Um, it's a good one. Manchester City have uh, possibly getting rid of Sane for £54 million. Uh, And so a few, a few people are kind of making the connection just... Maybe there's a bit of a bidding war or an interest in Jack Grealish there. Do you see a Manchester kind of rivalry for, for Grealish's services next year? First off, how many pacey wingers do Bayern Munich need? Coman, <laughs> Sane, are they, are they not good enough already? They've got, they win the league every season, don't they, in, in the Bundesliga? Uh, I still think he'll go to Manchester personally. That, that's what I think will happen. I He'd be interested to see him work under under Pep if I was a neutral, but obviously it's gonna be horrible watching him play for anyone else anyway. But we've we've done it to death, haven't we? About about Grealish going, he'll he'll go somewhere because he's he's too good for Aston Villa, and we're light years off what he needs at, at the moment. So I don't know. My my, my gut tells me he'll, he'll go to Man U if if I'm being honest. But it'd be interesting to see what did happen if City entered the race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else, Dan? We've we've done about forty. 40 or so minutes and, and I want to make sure we've got enough time to give some stuff away but uh, any anything else pressing at the club that you want to you want to talk about before we sign off no I mean I'm losing losing light in the in the lounge I should put, I should put the light on before we start <laughs> I could do with this finishing soon otherwise no one's going to be able to see me put some more money in the meter all right well we are we are sponsored by um, Loop 1977 and we're massively appreciative of that and as part of that we get to give away a part of the Dapper Villain range every single week, which is which is lovely. Um, last week we um, we gave away the um, it must be polo shirt, 
Um, well, we didn't give it away last week. We, we started a competition for it. We're going to give it away right now. Um, we did the draw for the winner earlier. Um, and the winner of the It Must Be Polo shirt is Rob Aston. Um, so, Rob, if you're watching, DM us with your size and the choice of colour. I think it's either a kind of gold like you're wearing, Dan, or a, or a claret, I think. Um, and uh, so, yeah, DM us. Or if, if you don't get in touch, we'll get in touch with you. We'll get that sorted one way or the other. Um, and this week we are giving away uh, the Cropley. So it's a, a long-sleeved a long -sleeved jumper, black torso. There it is. Better better to be shown than me to try and describe it to you. Um, so if you want to be in with a chance of winning that, we're going to... Um, we're going to do an Instagram competition again this week. So what all you need to do is we'll put a we'll put a, a post out there. Um, all you need to do is make sure you're following the Villa View and Luke nineteen seventy seven um, and leave a comment underneath that post. That will go up straight after this show, um, and then we'll draw the winner next week. As always, um, make sure you use TVV twenty for twenty percent off almost everything. Um, at the Luke Roper collection and obviously if you're purchasing anything from the Dapper Villain range 30% goes to the Birmingham University Hospitals Trust um, and that is a that's a noble cause so that's the only thing our, our discount doesn't work I believe Dan it works on sale items as well so if they're yeah. having a sale you can get additional money off those as well I'm glad you're kind to me to ask me that <laughs> to, to that question yeah I'm pretty sure I'm almost 100% sure yeah they do sale. Did, you, did you want to say anything else no, no, no. I'm fine, mate. You crack <laughs> okay. on. Good you crack on. You do, you do a good job at describing all that. I'd go to pieces if I had to do that. <laughs> well, that's what I thought I was going to say. Uh, and Dan, the winner is, and then I, I imagine oh, the shock of your face. I mean, his surname was quite easy to remember with it being Aston, so I, I would have remembered that and have been okay at that part. Fair enough. Fair enough. Socials. Uh, yeah, make sure also, as well as, as, well as um, entering that competition, because it's a nice bit of gear, that you follow us. On, uh, on all the different social platforms. Um, the <laughs> Now I am going to struggle. The Villa <laughs> Twitter is at the Villa View underscore. Instagram is at Villa View. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're on Facebook as well. This is beaming to, to, to Facebook and, um, and we're trying to be a bit more active as well on Facebook. So um, make sure you right. drop, us a, drop us a like on there as well. Um, I think... That is about it. Um, make sure you enter the competition. Make sure you're following us and Luke. We're going to be back uh, on Sunday uh, for, for the Liverpool game. Straight after the Liverpool game, um, we'll be doing a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. So join us there. Um, we're also going to be looking for, for new people to get on, come and chat with us. Um, so if you do fancy that, get in touch. I think our DMs are open um, and, uh, and we, can, we can get you on. And yep. hopefully we'll be talking about a win, Dan. I wouldn't bank on it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that uplifting note, uh, well, let's sign off for another week. Uh, lovely to speak to you. Thank you for all your comments. Dan, take care and up the villa. And you. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more Connected community.